Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. And I'm Broderick Gordis. What? <laughs> did anyone notice that we'd switched that up? Mum? Mum, mum probably did. Mum's the only one that can tell us apart. I'm Broderick Gordis, and that's Liam Gordis. Hello. And today we'll be discussing the latest show in our rewatch category, season two of Please Like Me. How you doing, other broad? And by that I mean Liam. Little Brod is what they Little used to Brod. call me in high school. Little Brod. Uh, now you're Big Liam, so... <laughs> oh, that's, that's a real status change, isn't it? Well, you it's know. It's a shame. It makes sense to me. I'm doing fine. How are you going? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good, thank you. We've got a, a slightly weepy dog in the background. He wa- she wants to play. So if you hear any... Um, just ignore her. Uh, that's what you have to do with babies when they're crying. You have to ignore them a little bit. Um, please don't think that we're treating this animal cruelly. cruelly. She needs to learn to be independent. If anything, she embodies the title of the show we're watching. Please like me. (laughs) And with that, let's transition into our spoiler warning. On this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in season one and two of Please Like Me. If you have not yet watched Please Like Me, pause the podcast, go and watch it, and then come back and join us. Otherwise, proceed with caution. Spoilers ahead. You You have have been been warned. warned. Yes. Yes. It's funny when, when brothers do that, when they say the same thing at the same time, like they know what the other person's going to say. It's always weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. I was, I was waiting for you to try and say a sentence for me to try and say oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. That didn't work. <laughs> we so always finish each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. Oh, actually, that, actually, we did it then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, everyone. Breakdown of season two of Please Like Me picks up approximately a year after the end of season one. Josh has moved back in with Tom and they have a new housemate, the cool and laid-back Patrick. Jeffrey is nowhere to be seen and, for that matter, neither is Claire. And instead, Neve is again spending time with Tom. Rose continues to struggle with her mental health and Alan and May have had a baby, Josh's adorable half-sister, Grace. Season 2 introduces a heap of new talent, including Keegan Joyce, Charles Cotier, Bob Franklin, Hannah Gadsby and the wonderful Denise Drysdale as Ginger. Season 2 consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 25 minutes, and took us approximately 4 hours and 15 minutes to watch. Alright, let's get into a bit of a discussion. Liam, how did you feel about Season 2 of Please Like Me, generally? Generally, I loved it. Loved it? Loved it. Tell me why you loved it. I think it took a great concept, which was Season 1, and it just expanded on that. Sure. Um, By adding more characters, sometimes that can be a bit daunting but i think every character that was added this season definitely fits within within the world that we that we have what about you well i had i remember having really 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 strong opinion of season two and i gotta say watching it again it wasn't quite as strong as i remember it being okay 
Um, I think it's very good. I think it does a lot of the things you're saying in terms of expanding the world and adding a lot of really interesting characters and stuff like that. I also found myself with a few more gripes than I remember having, mm-hmm. um, which I won't go into specifically, but I didn't love it as much as I remember. I still liked it a lot, mm-hmm. quite a lot. Still definitely highly recommend this show. That hasn't changed. But yeah, I don't know. This time around, there were some things that didn't land or or even problems I remember having at the time that just were bigger problems for me this time around for some reason. Okay, is that because you've watched the rest of the show? No, I don't think so. I think I don't think so because I feel like season one would have been affected by that too. I think I think it's still the show trying to figure a few things out and maybe because it's got some really strong moments in there and I think it's just some really weak moments too. Which we'll also- talk about. More episodes. I think that might that be might, a I big agree. problem. I wonder whether that's a factor too. There's, they're stretching the same amount of story maybe over more episodes. Possibly. And that's something I want to talk about a bit as we go no, along. I, I agree with you in that, in that regard. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, like we did last week, just general storylines. Go over those quickly as well. So the first storyline, the Josh-centric storyline, is basically Josh is a year after, approximately a year after breaking up with Jeffrey and also Peggy dying as well. Um, and he's moved back in with Tom. Um, and they have a new housemate in the form of Patrick. So this storyline is, oh, I, I guess the other side of that story is, is Arnold is the other character that's introduced here. So there are two sort of love interests for Tom in this season, uh, for sorry Josh in this season, which is the major part of this storyline. Mm-hmm. Patrick, the boy, he is fawning over that doesn't seem to have any sort of reciprocating feelings for him. Um, and then Arnold, who is he's definitely sweet, and I think. Josh is attracted to him initially, but maybe Josh feels is a little... He's certainly not as completely head over heels for him like he is with Patrick. He's got some um, uh, irrational sort of love for Patrick there. Arnold is a bit more difficult because he is dealing with some mental health issues like his mum is. Um, What do you make of this storyline this season? How did you find it compelling the whole way through? Did you think it was a good place to take Josh? Does it does it take what he was doing with Jeff further for you in a good way? I think it uh it helps to show that Josh has become a lot more comfortable with, with who he is and what especially sexuality especially sexuality um and also a little less a little less naive as a human being I think sure um, he's 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 more aware of his own feelings with I think with Patrick but then also. He almost has to become less self-centered when it comes to Arnold. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, it's a learning experience and a growing experience for him uh, until the end of that season because, like, he's he's feeling sorry for himself a lot, um, and especially with the whole Patrick not wanting to be part of him. But then I think the Arnold side of it helps him uh, switch out of that and him become more more about, like, helping Arnold with, with what, he, what he's got going on. Sure. Um, but as well as uh, as yeah, growing growing as a person and an adult. How do you feel about that side of things? The helping Arnold side of things is that a caring nature coming out in Josh, or is that something else? Because sometimes I wonder whether I think what's interesting about Josh and Arnold is Josh really doesn't seem very confident. He's, he he really doesn't know what he's doing. I don't think he's not even sure himself whether he can really be. Arnold's boyfriend or not, but he's willing to give it a try. Yep, which is interesting. Things that he, Josh can be a very fickle person at times. Absolutely, and it's pretty interesting to see him push through some really awkward moments with 
Arnold to because he sees the potential for something sweetness there. Although one of Josh's weaknesses, I think, is that he will go to people who maybe aren't good for him because he gets lonely. Yeah, absolutely. That's we've definitely seen that in the last in the last season. Mm. Um, when that happens with Jeff, with Jeff, yeah, um, yeah, that's certainly interesting. And whether that might be a factor in that as well um, is interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see where that evolves in season three. But overall, I like that stuff. It's the I I'm just going to kind of say it now. I don't love Patrick as a character in the show. Doesn't have much of a personality. I don't think he's got much of a character. Yeah, yeah. He ends up more being a bit of a plot device because uh, 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 Josh needs somebody in. Well, the storyline they're going for with this is that Josh has got this. Uh, in love with someone who doesn't have reciprocal feelings is just sort of too cool for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But by making Patrick too cool, he just kind of ends up being kind of... Mm. Yeah. I don't think that's the actor's fault. I think that he's just... He's got no depth. And he's kind of... I mean, he's laid back. That's part of his... I guess that is his personality, but it makes for a really boring personality. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't love the Patrick stuff. The more time we spend with Patrick, particularly in the middle of the season, we'll get to this a little bit later... I sort of started to like switch off because I found it kind of boring, to be honest. Okay, Some interesting. Whereas the Arnold stuff I found good. And when he's when Josh and Arnold are together, I find that much more interesting. Arnold has a lot more layers in terms of the character he is and what he's what he's got going on. Yeah. Whereas whereas Patrick doesn't seem to have any problems. That's the thing. He has nothing that he's striving for and nothing that Josh can really help him with. <laughs> like yeah. and if he's gonna yeah, he is just he's just there as Almost his thing. The only thing we see with Patrick is at the end of the season, they uh, Josh and Arnold find Patrick when they're out on a date one night and he's completely out of it. He's off his head after drinking and probably taking other substances mm-hmm. and suggests that maybe he's got a drug problem or maybe he doesn't have as many friends as sort of, as sort of it seems, yep. which is suggested a couple of times in the series, but it never really seems like it's a big deal either. Um which is a shame because maybe there was something to explore there, but it doesn't get the opportunity to. Really, the thing about Patrick is he has so much power over Josh that he sort of just wields that and gets his way when he wants it, mm-hmm. which sucks for Josh and it makes Josh the character more compelling as he deals with like rejection and unrequited love, but it just doesn't make Patrick that interesting, unfortunately. Yeah, it's almost the opposite of what Jeffrey was. Jeffrey was so in love with Josh. Yeah. He wants to, He was always wanting to be part of Josh's life, whereas Patrick is that opposite. Which is good, but the thing about Jeffrey was, and Josh both, as much as I think they're unlikable, they're mm-hmm. also at least complex, interesting. Yeah, there's some sort of character behind there's them. There's something, when you watch them, there's something about them that is engaging to watch on TV. It was where sort of Arnold is a good mix of the two of them, mm-hmm. of Jeffrey and Patrick. How it's so? in terms of, it's that back and forth between whether he does want to be with him or he doesn't want to be with him. Mm. Like, he's he's conflicted by two sides of himself. Arnold really likes Josh, but he doesn't know if he can handle... Yeah, being in a relationship. Being in a relationship, which sort of almost puts it in, in Josh's hands. Yeah. And at, the end, at the end as well. Yeah, true. I think the good thing about Arnold as well... Let's talk about Arnold as a character, but where it ultimately he ends up, he is just a better fit for Josh. They seem to be more on the same level. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey always seems so naive compared to Josh in a lot of ways. Really understood kind of Josh dumb. and his his sort of personality, his jokes, and his what he was. Yeah, doing. yeah. He was pretty, but that was it. Yeah. Whereas Patrick is so much more together to the point of being boring that it 
there was never going to make sense for him and Joshua together. Whereas Arnold and Josh have comp- very different things going on in their lives they that are holding rapport, them back. Though. But they, they have rapport. They do have a rapport and they just do seem to be at a similar, I don't know, standing in their life, which mm-hmm. is a weird thing to say. But yeah, they feel more like they're on the same level yep. in that sense. What do we think of Arnold though as a character? So this is a guy who's dealing with depression or is it, it might be bipolar. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He just knows he's... He's been told that he he is, is mental. So as, Yeah, as right, which it. is that, as they say in as the show. As they say in the show. Like, it's, he says more than once, it's just easier for me to just go along with this. Yeah. Rather than be at home and have... And, you know, Certainly he deals with some anxiety issues and definitely. panic attacks Absolutely. and stuff like that as well. But, but could that be a part of the fact that he has been told for so long that he... He is this, and this, and he, he that's the kind of person he is. But that's that's complex that's, thing absolutely. to go to, yeah. Sure. But sure. But anyway, he's dealing with something like that. Yeah. And he is very sweet and funny in his sweet and sort of fragile state. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily hilariously funny, but he's a warm presence when he's on screen. I do like Arnold quite a bit. The other thing about Josh this season, the other little storyline that Josh has is him finally getting a job. We've never seen him once at uni. Yep. We, his uni study that he's Creative doing industries. is completely theoretical because we've never, ever seen anything that suggests he's doing anything like that. And the season ends with Alan buying, who is one of the... That's the other storyline really going on here is, is Alan wanting to make... Josh more independent essentially that he's not relying on Alan for income and for support as much and so he buys Josh a coffee cart which Josh then starts manning selling coffee to people but also making his own because he's so much into cooking making his own sweets and selling them as well and it's really just the start of a storyline a little bit there but it is good to see I mean that's as always this show is about growing up becoming more responsible exactly and that's exactly what happens this season Josh is continuing to grow up um, and becoming a business entrepreneur in a way is definitely a part of that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, next storyline on my list, Tom, Neve, Jenny and Claire. And really it's Tom and his harem of women that he Somehow is getting. Yeah, which is the interesting thing. So this season starts, we finished last season with Tom choosing Claire over Neve, essentially. Tom and Claire presumably together. A year later, Claire is nowhere to be seen at the start of this season. We don't see her for three or four episodes. Um, we know, we find out in episode one that she's moved to Germany for work and that Tom and her broke up for that reason um, or part of the reason. And Tom has since been seeing Neve. Um, but just as friends, but they're having sex. But they're having sex. I Let's start there before we get to Jenny and Claire. I love what they do with Neve in this season. Absolutely. So much. How much does it make you like Neve? I, no, I don't like no, her, but no? I certainly feel sorry for that's her. That's what I mean. That's, that's, that's what I, I, I sympathize with Neve. Which I'd never sympathized with her before. No. It, it's interesting. We talked about last season how Neve is so interesting because she's awful and horrible and I, ha- I can't stand her, but she's great to watch. Uh-huh. And by the end of that season, you may be starting to be a little bit sympathetic for her. They really go for it in this season, though. And just kind of put a lot of emphasis on how shit Tom is. The Absolutely. way that he treats her the as like, yes, they have an agreement that they are just friends and they are just having sex with each other. 
But as she puts it, when she finds out that he is has a girlfriend in Jenny, um, she doesn't treat him like a friend, though. She keeps things from him. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, did you tell Did you tell Josh when you started dating Jenny? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you tell Patrick? Patrick? Yeah. Course, Everyone else. your friends. You exactly. told every, every other, your other two friends in the world. And the idea of just that, yeah, what being fuck buddies means doesn't mean you don't treat them like a human being. You, you you stop treating like a human being as well. Yeah. It's really interesting. And just to see, yeah, that him, he understands, he must understand that even though they have this agreement, Neve has, is much more emotionally invested in Tom and that he is using that, her emotions for his own selfish gains. Mm-hmm. Um, is really effective. Really, really Absolutely. effective. I love all the stuff they do with Neve this season. Um, and she goes away... She has one last scene, I think, in episode nine or episode two. She has in the very last episode where yeah. he tries to call her. I'm pretty sure that might be the last time we ever see Eve. Yeah. And um, it's her standing up to him. And it's great. Her just saying, we're never, ever going to have sex again, Ella. Yeah. Um, I really love that stuff. Agreed. It's great. But without Neve, Tom attaches onto somebody else. He meets Jenny at Patrick's birthday party, their house party they're having. 18-year-old high schooler. 18-year-old high schooler girl who... He's a little more naive than Tom. In some ways, he's a bit more put together than Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom is such a man-child. Honestly, one of my favourite po- points in this show is when Jenny's like, you are all just so immature. Yeah, yeah, and she, yeah. And, then when, and she leaves. Yeah. After they're making fun of her. Because, because of, while she's naive, they are immature. They are immature. Yeah. Actively immature. Um, that point comes after the group, Claire, Tom, Josh and Patrick, are have been laughing at her. Because she was on stage and she, you could see the wings of her pad showing mm-hmm. um, while she was dancing on stage. And it suggests that she's a little naive when it comes to, you know, women's hygiene type stuff. Yeah. And like what's acceptable sort of things like that. But as she points out, they're the ones that are sort of making fun of this 18-year-old girl. Yeah, exactly. In this situation, they're the immature ones. That is a great scene. You talked, about la- you talked about last episode about how everyone's an asshole. Yeah. They doubled down on Absolutely everyone down being this. an asshole in this season. Everybody. That's, that scene, Claire is a fucking asshole yeah. to Jenny. Just the patronizing way she puts her arm around Jenny and like, oh, it's awful to watch. It's a poor 18-year-old girl. Um, anyway. Like it's, it's very real though. I feel like I've seen that kind of thing before. Oh, totally. In, in, the, world, in the world. Which is, in the, again, this is what this show gets right. So- Jenny and Tom's stuff really goes. They start a relationship. They start seeing each other. Tom really likes her because she's pretty cool and laid back, even with the idea that he might be sleeping with somebody else. They decide to become exclusive. Tom sort of fucks things up as soon as that starts happening, basically, Mm -hmm. until eventually they're just in a place where they're toxic for each other. Yep. Really. What did you make of that storyline? Of Jenny and Tom? Jenny and Tom. I I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was an interesting place for Tom to go. Um, and, and, and get him to the point where he was, he, like, I think he, what he talks about, he talks about being treading water, basically waiting for Claire to come back, yeah? Yeah, that's what he admits later on, is that really everything he was doing was just sort of, he would self-sabotage because he really wasn't after, he was after affection, but he was waiting until Claire got back because he thought, he hoped deep down that they wouldn't get back together, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it's It was it was an interesting story. Uh, it didn't have that many repercussions, on Tom in the end. You don't think so? You don't think the last episode where he's 
thinking about or actually sure, does sure. call a prostitute. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big step, but I think that's a that's a overarching his him in relationships in general. Sure, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. Or not yeah. It's, whether or not it's Jenny related. I think Jenny's a step along the way, but it's a, I think it's a good step. It's a step where he's once again empowered to some degree. Yep. Um, and then he gets that power taken off him. Yeah, he does. It does, and it's actually that, that scene with Jenny and him uh, after they bury- Explain that scene. Oh, so the scene, this is where she- I don't know if it's- if it's basically rape, it's, but it's, it's not it's because not, he could because always, he could always say no. But yeah. yeah, but like it's 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 he she forces him to herself on him, but he she she is being very forward, forward, yeah, aggressive in a way, yeah, about having sex with him. Um, she's taking control. She's taking a dominant position in That's sex, it, yeah. But by no means is he restrained or in not in a situation where he is giving he is giving consent. He is giving consent at every step. It's not even close to rape. Absolutely, yeah. Just to be uh, clear, yeah, that, absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's really interesting to see that that twist because it, it did come from. It started with him, and the whole time I feel like Jenny has a lot more power than he does in that relationship. Um, uh, yes and no. She is very forward. I think she is strong willed, mm-hmm. which is obvious. But Tom has the power. I think in a lot of ways because he is older. He. He keeps secrets and those sorts of things. Absolutely. So yep. he's able to, he wields a bit of power in that way as well because he is sort of dictating his side of the relationship separately from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but go on. But you you it's interesting when she does take really take Real control, control. Yeah. And that just that, yeah, that puts him in a place he just doesn't know. I mean that's that's where he's he he actively not actively, he he ends up breaking down, mm. eating the kebab in the park. We've all been there. We've all eaten the kebab in the park and cried. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's a very interesting, very interesting way for his for his character to go. Where someone who hasn't really shown all that much emotion in the past. Yeah, if you think about season one with Tom, I think Tom was pretty pathetic. He was a bit of a, he was more of a lovable lovable loser mm-hmm. in the first one, where stuff was sort of happening to him and around him, and yeah. But he was shit, but it was mainly reflected more on him because Neve was controlling, and so yep. he was the victim. And then he wanted to be with Claire, but Neve was being the bully, so he was the victim. So it really made him the active asshole this season yeah. in all of these relationships. He is the fuck up over and over and over again. Um, and I wonder if that came when, because after Claire leaves, he gets power over Neve. Absolutely. And he wields that power, and I think gets a little bit. Over, in over his head, yep. makes some bad choices. Junk with a it. A lot yep. of bad choices. And I don't know. I find his storyline one of the more interesting ones this season. I think yeah. it. there's a lot going on from episode to episode. It's strong throughout because mm-hmm. it moves from Neve to Jenny to Claire to him by himself. And there's a real progress. Well, progress is not the right word. There's a real descent for yeah, poor absolutely. Tom. Because by the end of it, he uh, he's the architect of his own demise, but... He's in a pretty low place at the end of the se- at the end of the season. Yeah, he's made his spar and he's had to lay in it at that point. <laughs> um, that's one way of putting it, I guess. Well, that's how he ends with his in, in the, the bath spa. time with his sad music. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of that is the Claire side. We'll just get yeah. The the Claire side just briefly is basically Claire comes back. She's only there briefly. He she may 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 have been a little bit jealous. Probably was, probably was, but, but she's really not interested in being like Tom. It was never an option, and he just realizes he has to come to terms with that. He has to come to terms with that. It's good stuff. I right, like yeah, it. Not a lot for Claire to do this season, and I like Jenny as a character. I think I meant to say Absolutely. as well. Yeah, um, I think she's the actress that plays her is really good. 
Um, she is like exuberant and young and feels babyish, but there is a charming energy to her, which is great. I can see why Tom likes her, except for the fact that she's 18. Do you remember her from the kids' TV show Girls World? I have never heard of I Girls think it's World, Girls so World. I don't. No. I, I remember. I, I remember watching this going, who is she? How do I know this girl? And then I. IMDb and like she's in um, Barjo's new show Trip to Biscuits, yes. which I haven't watched yet. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm. Everyone's um, been in something except for Tom and Josh. <laughs> Everyone's they been just in write it. their own stuff exactly. and get in it. Um, okay, moving on to some of the more B storylines, we've got Alan May and Grace, their baby, and sort of what's going with them. Really, the main stuff there is Alan, as we said earlier, is trying to um, to get Josh to be more independent, so he's not so reliant on Alan. Um, he's trying to get him to connect with his sister a little bit. Really, May and Alan and, and and Grace, I think, end up sort of just being like goofy stuff happening in the background a lot of the times. Do do you think there was more of a story for for May that may not have ended up in this show? I think knowing what's coming, that there is much more in season three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think they have been. I. Don't oh, want to right, tip my hat here, but yeah. season three is a really interesting season so because of the about. emphasis of story really shifts. There's Absolutely. a lot of emphasis placed on Josh this season, mm-hmm. and there is a lot less placed on Josh next season. Yeah, um, and a few of the other characters get their time to shine, and so. But the point is, in this season, Alan and May and Grace are kind of just in the background having goofy stuff happen, like Grace's pooing purple and then we need to know why. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're trying to deal with uh, Alan being nearly 60, retire. Yeah, he re- decides to semi-retire, which is apparently a big deal. He gets emotional about semi-retiring and he wants to propose to May. And so their relationship continues to evolve, but it is definitely more of a sideline can- adjunct to everything else. Comic relief, yeah. Comic relief, a lot of it, just because Alan's so intense and May is a lot more laid back and then them having a baby. There, there is the on occasionally when Alan and Rose meet up. There is always tension and fireworks tension there, there as yeah. well. And there's a good, great scene in episode nine where Alan and Rose really, really get stuck into each other. Um, you can just feel the leftover baggage of their ended their marriage that didn't succeed, sort of hanging over them. Exactly. But as good as that stuff generally is, it's not huge. Still great actors. <laughs> the, the performances are still great. Um, I, I believe. Yeah, definitely. I, I realize now the way I've listed this, I really should have put that storyline last because the, there is a much bigger storyline happening with Rose. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, in a lot of ways, probably the highlight of the season. Yes, yeah, Rose's season. And that is Rose. In episode one, she decides to go off her medication, which makes her a bit manic. Mm-hmm. She's off the rails. She ends up uh, going to... Uh, being admitted into a private private psychiatric hospital, essentially. Or as they put it, a mental <laughs> home. We don't uh, call it that. We do. <laughs> we do. Uh, which is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I have never seen a show, personally, that takes place in... Because mental health is just one of those things that does not get discussed mm-hmm. realistically or looked at with any sort of truthful lens, I don't think. So often, mental illness is kept to things like serial killers and psychopaths and sociopaths and stuff Absolutely. like that. And very, very, very rarely does it really get looked at and go, here's the reality of what it is like. Here's real people. Here's real people with real disorders. What it looks like 
and the mundanity of it as Absolutely. well, which I love. Um, so before I get completely off track, Rose is made to this hospital. She then proceeds to make friends with essentially Ginger, who is bipolar, Hannah, who is has depression, and Arnold as well, who, as we said, is sort of undiagnosed, I think officially, but anxiety, anxiety type issues. Um, and then also Stuart is another character in there who's another... We don't really find out, I don't think, what his um, diagnosis is, but he's another patient there. And just Rose, Rose's journey in that, the journey of her connecting with these other people with mental illness, and as I said, the mundanity of that life, as well as the sort of dramas that happen there, especially when Denise Drysdale's character, Ginger, commits suicide in episode six or seven, I want to say it is. I think it's episode it's six, six. End of episode six. Episode six. Um, so that's the second death in the show. Yeah. It is the third... Well, she attempts to commit suicide in episode two, Ginger, as well, and is caught by Rose and stopped from doing it. Mm-hmm. We've had three attempted suicides and now a successful suicide in the show. So this is a comedy... That's really, really looking at the dark side of mental illness. Here Absolutely, as well. yeah. This is it's very realistically, and I hats off to it. Yeah. Have to applaud the show for it. I think it's just incredible. Um, I'm trying to think of standout moments in particular when they're playing hide and seek, when um, they're when they're playing the game. Might possibly my one of my all time favorite scenes of the entire show is the first time Josh meets Hannah and. And um, Ginger, and they've got this box of chocolates, and there's one chocolate left, and they decide to play a game where they uh, will tell their most, not the most depressing stories, the most depressing first time or losing virginity story. Yeah. Josh goes first. His is basically that, um, what was his, his one? It wasn't that he wasn't inside her, it was that. Um, she was having an asthma attack. Yeah, yeah, because his room was too dusty. His room was too dusty. And Rose is like, I told you to clean it. And that was quite funny. Rose is that her time was actually very romantic, but it was with Alan. And essentially, the possibly the only person she's ever had sex with was Alan. And they all decide it's actually super depressing. Uh, Ginger tells her story that she had sex with her boyfriend's boyfriend's friend, best friend, friend, drunk at a party and she threw up on him. Like, she kept trying to elevate how sad it was. yeah. And finally, they get to Hannah, and Hannah goes, just says plainly, I was raped. Now, I've thought about this a lot, because I think this is a really, really interesting point that needs to be made here. Okay. The This is the best example I can think of, of a joke involving rape being funny, because rape is not funny. Absolutely. It is not. It's not a funny thing, and jokes shouldn't be made about it. Mm-hmm. The joke here is not about the rape. No. The joke here is the darkness of that situation in a moment of levity when they're all competing to win a piece of chocolate. Yeah. And the the sealer on it is what she says after. Is what yeah. Hannah says when yeah. everyone goes, Oh, I okay, I'm so sorry, we wouldn't have done this afterwards. And she says, It's fine. I just knew the whole time that I was going to win the chocolate. <laughs> it is so Good and insightful and funny and brave and everything. I love that moment so much. It is the best example of Please Like Me being at its best Uh and really talking about mental illness and the seriousness of that, but still be able to find a funny edge to it. And Uh it is so good. And then the bit at the end where Ginger decides that she was raped also yeah, and that she deserves the chocolate. yeah, And And like just the pettiness of that when they're discussing something so serious. 
just so good. Incredible! It's incredible. Uh, it's 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 this is one of the re- this is one of the reasons that Please Like Me is such an amazing Australian television show. <laughs> just just no <laughs> television show. Forget the Australian bit. Um, but so I love the stuff with Rose this season, and ultimately Absolutely ends with yes, Ginger commits suicide. Um, Rose is sort of dealing with that. There's a fantastic episode of Rose and Josh hiking um, through Tasmania, I believe, or, or it looks like Tasmania yeah, to me. Hiking for five days, and it's a lot of talk about Rose dealing with Ginger's suicide, as well as why Rose. Uh, attempted herself. It's just a massive, basically, conversation between Josh and Rose about mental illness a lot of the way through it. And then ends with Rose and Hannah moving in together, leaving both leaving the The psychiatric hospital hospital and moving in together, which sets us up for season three. Um, Cool. Have I missed anything there you really want to talk about in terms of storylines generally? Uh, I guess the storyline with Rose and Stuart. Oh, yeah, that's a good point too. That's the other one. Um Rose essentially has a romantic connection to this guy. Stuart, they, when playing hide and seek, have sex one time. Rose is sound, yeah, really connecting with someone, finds out that he has a wife, even though he doesn't like his wife. It's sort of a star-crossed lover situation. Exactly. And just Rose maybe off, well, she's medicated again. She's being treated, but starting to connect with people in a different way. Absolutely. Maybe people she hasn't never connected with before. And if she's really only been with Alan... And that jerk off from last season, I can't, Gary or whatever his name was, I can't remember what his name was, that arsehole, um, connecting with somebody else, which is nice. Craig. Another man. Nah, Craig? I can't remember. Yeah, the bomber supporter. The dad, the dad from Around the Twist. From the later seasons of Around the Twist? This is not important. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, let's just talk about new characters for a second now. We sort of talked about Jenny, what we liked about Jenny, which is good. Um, Patrick, I've already told you that I didn't love him so much. Mm. Arnold, we've talked about that's great. Uh, have we given enough time to Ginger and Hannah? I said that Ginger was played great by Denise Drysdale. Denise Drysdale, if you're not aware, is just sort of a Australian treasure. Yeah, absolutely. She's sort of famous as being... Someone who's been a part of the Australian entertainment industry, particularly TV, for the longest time. Um, it was uh, when I first watched this season. It was so great to see Denise Drysdale because I've never seen her in a role like this season. No. She's always been sort of that to me, anyway. And I might be a little goofy, goofy kind of naive type. She was, she was. I think it was very um, innocent type of humor and character. Yeah, she was. She would be the innocent one, I think, around other people who were being a little bit more edgy or dirty, like when she used to do things with Frankie J Holden, or even on like. Uh, hey, hey, it's Saturday and stuff like that. She was, she was, I think, the naive or the butt of the jokes in a yeah. lot of ways. In this, she gets to play someone very dark and forward and um, sexual and all these sorts of things. I've never seen her in a role like that before. And she's freaking amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. She's so compelling and cool. And I know people in my life that are just like her too. She is... I look at her sometimes, I think it'd be easy to look at the way she dresses and the, and the shoes she wears and the makeup and stuff like that and think that that's a real caricature. I know people exactly like her and it is so spot on to what those people are like. I think it's just awesome. And then she, what's really interesting about uh, Ginger as well is that she's someone who we know is attempted suicide, but she seems put together in a lot of ways. She seems in control. Yeah. She's emotional. She can be a little um, over the top, but she doesn't seem 
depressed or sad or like any of those things. When the last time we see her before she commits suicide, she says she wants some alone time, but she gives some pretty compelling reasons for why that is. Exactly. There's nothing that makes my alarm bells go off straight away thinking that she's going to hurt herself. So it's a bit of a shock when it does, but I think that's a reality of what this is like with mental illness for some people sometimes. And the people that are left behind is it can come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may not yet. Like a lot of a lot of people you don't you don't know. Like a lot of people, so many people in the in in the real world with with mental illness just hide it. And you hear yeah. often when people commit suicide, oh, I just had no idea. Yeah. They were struggling with it for a long time, but you would never know if it was on the outside. They put up such a great facade, and, that, and she's a great example of that. Exactly. In this show, um, Hannah, as well, is on the other side of things, is super depressed, but she all, also doesn't seem like someone. Well, we don't know of her attempt to commit suicide. She is so dry and sarcastic and hilarious, though. Mm. I gotta be honest with you. I've not been a massive fan of Hannah Gatsby in the past. Me either. She used to be on a television show with Adam Hills, um, where she was sort of like the the Trevor Marmalade type, like <laughs> a lot of very Australian references. I know, sorry, put this. but she was like meant to be like uh, she's what's the example? Like the Paul Schaefer uh, of like Letterman, the Guillermo or, of Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, those sorts of things, right? The roots for. <laughs> and who is it? Who's the um, Conan guy? Andy Andy Richter. Andy Richter type of person that that second stringer sidekick type um, uh, comedian. Someone who's meant to you know add a joke in here or there to sort of you know just a little bit of left field sort of stuff. And I didn't think she was great in that role. And I didn't had never seen her stand up or anything like that. So I didn't have a lot of affection for her before that. She's freaking great in this show though. Hannah is one of my favorite characters. I didn't realize, but. The, when I when I was in the Melbourne Comedy Festival, she was also in the same show as me. Which the, show is that? The Alan McGregor's Friday oh, Night Night. Night, Night, Night. Night. Did you remember when you came and saw was Hannah, was Hannah, Hannah Gadsby? Gadsby was also there. She was a part of like a, a butcher duo. Oh, yeah. I don't know who the other, the other lady was, but Hannah Gadsby was part of that. And yeah. I don't remember it being funny at all. Right. But I, I thought we were funny and I look back on that and know we weren't. <laughs> so... But yeah, so uh, yeah, I've never really had much of a taste for her comedy, but in Please Like Me, she's outstanding. She I nails think. it. She nails some of it. her lines, just some of her little just moments, uh, like when she's left with Grace for a while and there's a bunch of seagulls around, she's like, you ever you watch much Hitchcock? Or <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. Her dryness is extremely, extremely funny. And it's a really, it's very different. I mean- I think there's a lot of sarcasm in the show, but not delivered the same way that hers. Everyone else is, I feel like, is delivered a little bit twee with a bit of tweeness to it, or a little bit of a nudge, or a, it's almost too quirky. They try to be, everyone's trying to be cool, everyone's trying to be funny, whereas Hannah doesn't feel like she's trying to be funny. She just is by nature funny. I wonder how much of it is actually written for her, and how much of it would be on the spot. I think there's probably a little bit of improv in there, but I think there's probably plenty that's written as well. Yeah, it's just in her performance and the direction that it comes across so well. So natural. All right. Liam, you wanted to talk about the time jump. Yeah, so what do you think? Well, explain it first. Well, um, so between the end of season one and the start of season two, there's, there is a at least a year, maybe more, time jump between, between the two seasons. Um, now, thinking back on when this came out, 
was there a very big gap between the show? I think there was a reasonable gap. I can find that out pretty quickly if you'd like. I feel like maybe the first season of Please Like Me was filmed a long, uh, maybe a year before it even was released. So there was a year and a half between season one and season two. Season right. one started the 28th of Feb, 2013. And season two, first episode aired on the 8th of August, 2014. So there's about a year and a half apart from them. So there's a good chance that season one was filmed, put on TV, with no promise of there being a second season. Absolutely. That was popular enough and was well re- enough received well enough that they then, ABC and maybe Pivot might have got involved at that time. The pivot's, yeah, part of the season. Right. Green lit a second season of of 10 episodes. They had to write them and then make them because before that, they probably wouldn't have been writing them without the, knowing there was going to be a second season. Exactly. So with that extended period, yeah, did you feel like that was them knowing it was coming later? They were just trying to... No, I felt like maybe it was them going, oh, we, didn't, we weren't really sure if we were going to get a second season. So in order to explain some things here, like... Uh, such as? So, such as like Claire's absence yeah a lot of the season um that using that time jump as you know you don't have to see that with with, they've been in a relationship for however long and then they talk about it like using that as an excuse to be able to write a different story than what maybe was set up at the end of the last season sure let's okay let's talk about that for a second just claire's absence in this season i'm not 100 percent sure what the reasonings are but i get the feeling it was that at the time, I think Caitlin Stacy had a little bit more work on her plate. I think Agreed. she might have been doing some stuff over in LA, and so they only had it for a limited time. Because um, I know she's been living in the United States, I think probably still, and or at least has been in the recent past. Um, so that's an interesting place to put it, because Claire was sort of the one female, real female voice apart from Neve in the show. Oh, and Rose, I guess. that's And Peggy. Okay. Was one of the main female voices in that season, particularly for the younger age group. One of them dies. <laughs> one of them gets broken up with, basically. Yeah. And the other one goes to Germany. Yeah. Like, that does leave a lot of space for, I guess, that's when you get Hannah and... Ginger and, Ginger. and Jenny and Jenny, those yeah. sorts of things. But Claire was sort of an important part. She's in the first scene of the first episode. She was there throughout the entire season of season one. She felt like she was a mainstay. She was left in a relationship with Tom. So, yeah, it does leave a bit of a big hole. And it's interesting that, that if that's a problem they had to write around, that it did cause that sort of change. I honestly miss Claire when she's not on the show. I think she's really great. She's a good balance for Tom and Josh. Um, even though I sometimes still don't feel like Caitlin Stacey is the right type to play that character, I still like Claire a lot and want her there. Like, one of the... I don't love the episode entirely, but I like a few scenes, in particular in the episode where it's in the truffle mac and cheese yep. episode where Tom is that Josh has sort of bricked in Tom into his room and you just get some classic Tom Josh Claire stuff. Yeah, and that out. as a trio are really strong. And when the show doesn't have that, it's missing something. Mm-hmm. Um and sure it's realistic the idea that people move on and their lives change and that you don't always have all your friends around at the same time. But as far as the T V show format goes, it I think the show Mrs. Claire when she's not there. I agree. She's hard to replace too. Uh, and no one really does in this season. No, not in this season. Not in this season. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. Wink into the mic. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The other thing that happens with the time jump that's interesting as well is that Tom has moved back in. So Josh has moved back in with Tom and Patrick is there. Patrick has just moved in. So it's it's interesting place in season one, in episode one, where you're going, who's Patrick? Where's Claire? Why is Nate it's here? It's like straight away. And like, you just straight away going, what the, where are we? What's going on? And there's, and there's a baby. Grace is there. It's like, why is there a baby here now? And it's just sort of like, a, I'm not really sure where we are. Yeah. Have I missed an episode? What have we missed? And I kind of, as, as interesting as that is, that moment of going, how do we get here? I kind of wish we did know how we got here. I would have liked to have met Patrick. Yeah. And seen what his relationship with Josh was like early on compared to where it is when we're coming, which feels like it's in the middle of their relationship. And like the first scene opens and it's Tom and Josh and Patrick talking. Just chatting. And Patrick is so boring to me. Yeah. Who is and this guy? I feel guy? like if I had a little bit more backstory with Patrick, I got to know him where everyone, everyone else did. Same way we get to know Jenny when everyone gets to know Jenny. Or the same way we get to know Ginger when everyone knows Ginger. Or the same way we get to know Arnold when everyone gets to know Arnold. Um, that might have been a bit more interesting. But uh, yeah, that's not the case. And I kind of feel like the show suffers for it. Also, the way that season one ended with Josh and and Rose on the kitchen floor. Yeah. Right. Well, him he well, tucks Rose into bed and then he sleeps yeah. next to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like... That that point where she has attempted, she may have yep. stopped herself. It just seemed like a very. It didn't seem like why is Josh not living with her? Like, yeah, that doesn't yeah. seem very safe to me. Especially later on, we find out that well, I think that presumably the medication was helping. Yeah, that she was better medicated then, because the show starts again. We've missed that stage of her being medicated, and maybe being a bit better. She's gone off the medication and she gets manic essentially. And that's our introduction to Rose this season is her getting her hair done and just... Oh, and Deborah Lawrence acting the shit out of it. She has to play Rose at so many different levels. And I'd love the awkward scene in episode one where she walks in, talking about how into the house and everyone's there, and talking Neve. about how hot she is and the way she talks to Neve and the way she talks to everybody in that scene. Yeah. It's so chipper and so dread. There's so much dread. Scary. It is awful. You feel awful for Rose in that moment, even though she is putting on this performance of being great. She's got a puppy. She's dressed up. She's got new hair. She's super positive, in inverted commas. It feels every... It all just feels wrong. And like I, I, something bad is coming. It comes from her performance and then also... All the, her performance. All her performance. But as well, the reactions. Totally. Definitely. I mean, they wouldn't even have that reaction without such a good performance. It's Deborah Lawrence kills it. And then, like, by the next episode where she's, like, 
pleading with Josh to not leave her in a mental hospital or where she's just super low and barely has any energy at all to when she's suddenly getting a little bit of like of um, affection from Stuart and so that's making her feel a bit nicer to when she gets super angry at Alan later in the season and it's just so everywhere. Or just the crying at night when she's camping with Tom. The being scared of the snake. Um, oh my god, she's so good in that scene, yeah. episode. In that, in that scene, that, yeah, she she's you know she's nominated for a best supporting actress Logie this year for season four. For season four, I hope she wins. They'll almost me watch the Logies because she deserves Absolutely. it. Absolutely, she should have been nominated three times. She should have been nominated this. four times. <laughs> yeah, three times before. Yeah. It, yeah, um, that's great to hear. I'm really happy to hear that. Good to see she's getting some recognition for that because she deserves it. She's been in, she's been in Australian television. Well, she was in Australian television for so long. Mm. I don't know what she, she did much after Home and Away. After being I after wa- drowning in Home and Away, I don't, I don't remember anything. But I also don't watch all of Australian television, so I but wouldn't. I know. don't think so. Stra- celebrity in Australian television is really weird. It's like I don't know what Lisa McCune's doing these days. She's probably got something going on, but I don't know what Stage. it is. Right, people have stuff in different places, and you, she could be. She could, might have been doing radio, like Noni Hazelhurst went and did radio on ABC for a long time, and like. That's what Red Simons did after Hey Hate Saturday and like all those sorts of things. People do almost ran over Red Simons in my car the other day. Did you? He was on his bike. Oh, oh, really? I didn't. Though. I'm glad you did. So I love Red Simons. Red Simons is still alive, guys. I did not run over Red Simons, and our entire international audience hasn't have a fucking clue what we're talking about. Red Simons, about. remember that Hey Hey Saturday thing we we're talking about? Look up Skyhooks. Seventy. Um. <laughs> Two completely different skyhook sky songs. songs. But now I think about it, probably very similar in the way they sound. They are. Well, that's that's skyhook sound. Um, that was off. That was a tangent. <laughs> Time jump. Rose. I think the other thing I wanted to talk about there was... Uh, how did we get there from the time jump? I was talking about how the way we ended season one and the start of season two seems like very different places. Yeah. Um, and, and she. it seems like maybe that that uh, Rose has attempted again. Oh, that was the one I'm talking about. Yeah, she third mentioned time. it explicitly. There was at least, uh, there was a third attempt mm-hmm. somewhere in the between that we didn't see. And they had to get her stomachs pumped. And she had to get her stomach pumped and she was mm. either going to be fine or die over two weeks. Slowly, yeah. That's a very, very cool scene. What a scene. Okay. Uh, the, the conversation about that's about that, not, not it's the not, actual. No, it's just, they're just talking about it. And, that's an interesting conversation, actually, just talking about Josh's emotional reaction to to Rose's mental illness and especially her attempted suicides. And like he said, he hasn't really gotten angry because he understands, or he tries not to get angry because he understands that's an illness. As he said, it's like, it's like getting angry at someone for sniffling when they have a cold or, you know, like, like the cold is a disease. They can't help it. Yeah. They want to get better. They're trying to get better, but, you know. Um, but then he admits that he did get angry eventually after he knew that she was going to be okay because of the emotional turmoil that put him through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty great. It's tough. It's it's hard to articulate why it's so good. It's just so real. And I don't think Josh Thomas is the best actor in the world. I think he's definitely improved in this season. I think he's definitely improved in this season. Um, but... I think Deborah Lawrence brings much better stuff out of him. I think when she's on screen with him at the same time, especially in that episode, in the Scroggin episode, 
I, I think that when, it makes when, him act better. When he's in a scene with the more seasoned actors, there's definitely. Yeah. I think that's to say about all the characters. That's probably true. Um, yeah, you see him with his dad, mm. like them talking mm. in the first episode about looking after or about his university and stuff. Yeah, yeah like that's that's a much better than. They're such good mums and dads. They're just so mummy and daddy. They're very they 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 say mum they yeah they scream mum and dad to me. I love the way I'm not, and it's not just the performances. It's got to be in the way they're written as well. Mm. But there's so much truth. There's such the every mum and the every dad. Oh, there's definitely conversations that he's had. You, oh, what about the fact that Josh's hair has got a lot thicker in this season? Yeah, how'd that happen? He had a hair transplant. It doesn't last. He has a hair transplant. He had a hair. He went. Did he? He went to Thailand or something and got a hair transplant. How do you know that? Because I heard it on a radio show. Recently, with Josh, was he talking? No, about it? someone else was talking about it. But yeah, that's what happened. Someone else was talking about the Josh Thomas got hair transplant because they were talking about getting hair plugs and then hair transplants, right? And they said Josh Thomas did that between season one and season two. Please like me. I'm pretty sure it doesn't last though. If you ask me, by season four, it's thin as he shit. starts wearing hats. Yeah, he does. You're right. <laughs> exactly right. He starts wearing hats a lot. That was my trick for a while. I've just gone for the completely shaved my head thing. It's working. It's working. You also want to talk about. Uh, uh, parallels between Josh and Alan. Yeah, I think especially this season, there is very prevalent to me uh, parallels between the type of type of person they are and being feeling like they they're the reason for a lot of things and they need to be they need to be the one to fix it. Now, I understand that with Alan a lot. Explain that to me with Josh. I don't feel like he feels like he needs to be the one to fix. It sometimes I feel like. More often than not, because Alan is so proactive in that sense. He will always make it that he is the one that has to fix it. Whereas Josh, I feel more often than not, feels like he reluctantly has to. Not, he's reluctantly. I think that they they, they choose to do it. And they choose to do it. Sure. Who is is Josh looking after here? Certainly his mum. Certainly his mum. Certainly that's been the case with his mum. And then again, it happens with. With Arnold, it does. Yep, it does happen with Arnold. Um, and I think it gets better at it slowly. I think it goes from being from the first season to this season. He becomes less of a selfish. He's still selfish in a way, but less self-centered. Yep, about the way he goes about things. Um, and and a lot. I think a lot more patient as well. Uh, in terms of the way with people that around him, he's learning about mental illness sure. in this regard. Yeah, and you sort of see that progression of him. Yeah, um, slowly learn that. And so and you I think see, Tom becomes more of an asshole and Josh becomes less of an asshole this season? I think so. Yeah, honestly, I think so. Um, I think yeah, he becomes more caring in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, and I think that the parallels there are is that with him and his dad is with Alan is that Alan has always been that kind of person who just wants to make sure. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Like in the first season, he's like, "I just wanted to I'm just trying to support you and yeah. look out, like just be there and, and help." Um, and annoyingly, so. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, Josh has, I think, has taken that trait, right? That trait on quite a lot. That's interesting because I, I often see so few parallels between him and his dad have so little in common. But it's, good, it's so good to see. That. It, like, I, I like, agree. I think you're right, though. It's cool to see that they are struggling with at least they have that much in common. Um, and they both both comes to an end ahead. Sorry, at the same time. What, what happens? When does it come to? Well, they're both crying. So what has happened at that time? What's at Alan that crying point, about? Alan's crying about because he's taken. He's decided to step down and 
semi-retire. Yep. Right, and be there for the family, like yep. in a different way than what he used to be. Used He's not to the be. breadwinner necessarily. It means yeah. about being actually physically being there, exactly, and being part of that process. Yep. And Josh is crying. All that stuff's happened with with Patrick, but then it's straight after they got back from the zoo after making out with Arnold. In front of the... Because he's getting... The seal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's because he's crying. I mean, Josh is mainly crying because Patrick has sort of broken up with him in inverted commas at the start of the episode. So, he's just in a bad... It's a weird day, as he says. And he starts day, yeah. with Arnold and stuff like that. He's just in an emotional place but, at that but, stage. Yeah, exactly. But the parallel there is that they both, yeah, have both had a, a very weird day. Mm. Like, and they've both... The, I see the parallels there between him and his dad. Like, when it gets too much, right? So, so... Josh is finally showing some emotion, right? Yeah. Which he hardly ever does in terms of, like, crying or expressing the emotion. Yeah. Right? Whereas Alan is, is more of a... More of quick to get angry and actually express the emotion. Does that make sort sense? Sort of. He's still a very stoic sort of person. He wants to be a strong person. He's unlikely to cry. Sure, but yeah, yeah. This might be the first time we do see him cry, yeah. I'm pretty sure, on the show. I think it's the only time. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting to see those two both have a sort of a, that moment of expressing their feelings. So maybe that's you. That's the that's parallel. Is these, even though they're very different people, Alan and Josh are very different people in the way they approach the world. One thing they do have in common is that they are not people to generally show their emotion. Yeah. and you see them both doing that simultaneously, and that's they're both having a similar growth in that. Yeah. Moment. Okay, that's interesting. At that point, that's that's when from then on, uh, Alan decides he wants to marry. May. May yeah. and and Josh wants to have a more more real relationship with, with Arnold. Hmm. It's really interesting. They're actually. both turning points for them. Sure. Hmm. I can see that. Yes. I pulled something out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that into something. You argued your point well. I don't think so. I think you you just <laughs> you argued it for me. Sure. Um all right, I'm gonna talk about a couple of criticisms I have with this season. Absolutely. I think it has a really strong start. I really like the first few episodes. I think it starts to slow in the middle. It has a real high point for me in Scroggin, which mm-hmm. is the episode where Rose and Josh are on a hike together. Episode seven? Yep, episode seven. And then again, it sort of fades off again a bit for me towards the end. I think what happens, and I think you're right in your analysis that there's not enough story to support 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. It was better when it was six. Yep. And it was able to condense a bit more of that. And while there's a big injection of characters into this show, not all... I mean, we lose one in episode six. Stuart's not really that interesting. Patrick disappears by about then as well. Um, it's sort of... And then Claire's back for a little bit, but she's only she's sort of in and out. There's just a lack of real consistency and flow. And the other problem I have with it is that I find the humor starts to get a little more obvious and less interesting as well. Okay. The big turning point for me is in um, Gang Kyo Wan, um, where there's this whole sequence in the second half of the episode where Tom and Patrick are in the car together. And I already don't think Patrick is that interesting. You mean Josh and Patrick? Thank you. Josh and Patrick are in the car, this car together and they're on a, a trip around. I can see them crossing the Yarra. I can see Melbourne in the background. I know exactly where they are. I drive that quite often, that, that road. Um, they're stuck in traffic, and Josh and Patrick have had a meal. And they've been have had a big soft drink, and Josh needs to go to the toilet, so he decides to go in his cup. What's interesting? It's the about most this. done bit of comedy ever. 
Right. Here's the thing. I watched that going, I know this story that Josh Thomas has told in his stand-up. Right. Right. And I think I think he used a lot of that stuff in the first season. Yep. Right. And then I feel like maybe he's, maybe writing-wise, the, the comedy yeah. that Josh Thomas is known for, right? His comedy. Yep. Is a little bit lacking in that regard. Like he's he's run out of stuff to talk about in the second season. He's actually running out of anecdotes. He's actually running out of anecdotes. And so he's going to the bottom of the barrel type stuff. Exactly. Here. Like because he his first season was all his stuff he's done in the past, right? right. Like here are all my jokes from before. Yeah. And, and then the second season, it's like I've 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 seen this car pissing joke. In his stand-up. In his stand-up. See, he's I've talked just about seen doing it. that. I've just seen it in every bad movie Absolutely. ever. Bad comedy ever. That's the problem. But like he, he told it in the way that it made me feel like it was a thing that actually happened to him. Sure, but did it? Was it presented in a way that gave it any sort of unique twist? Yeah, it happened to him. Great, but just because something was funny to you because it happened in your real life doesn't necessarily mean it should make it into your episode of your television show. Did it do anything differently with it to make you go that was worth it? Uh, the inclusion of Patrick in the car, which isn't much of an inclusion. Um, so no So no Nothing no. That's my problem It's like And I think Yeah there's a lot of Yeah I think there's a lot of uh, Slow Slow pacing moments in, in this season And I don't know if that's You know Eagerness to Pat out the story Over the 10 episodes Or if it's Just lack of Content Maybe I I think the problem is, is, is It is a pacing thing So I think the, the start for me is front-loaded with a lot of energy mm-hmm. and then it dips when it should when Ginger dies and you have that really slow moment with the slow episode where it's just Josh and Rose. But the problem is it doesn't pick up again there, which it kind of needs to, I think, because it's as much as the show about very serious issues, um, it is a comedy and it needs to get come back up and start to be a comedy a bit again despite the depressing nature of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, the the some two of the biggest comedy bits that we get sort of in the middle of that season are the bit in the car with peeing in the cup, which does nothing for me, and then um, the one where the, they go on the safe date. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's Josh and Arnold and Tom's there because Arnold's psychiatrist decides that there should be someone along with them. With Josh and Arnold. So Tom goes along and Josh ends up running over a possum but not quite killing it and sort of it's it's meant to be funny him trying to kill the cat but I just don't find it. But I don't, No one's selling that scene. Mm-hmm. No one is selling that that's actually happening. The bit where Josh goes down and gets like scratched, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, nothing about that is convincing or funny. Part, I think Tom does a good job in that scene. I think he's the only one that does. Tom does a good scene. His reactions are okay. He The sort of saying, you're right, you're right, seems very like, yeah, Go forward, not nah, gonna go back again. That bit's okay. It goes on too, mm. and it's just I don't know. It, yeah, that, again, I've, I've seen the scene where they accidentally, where you hit your car and you accidentally hit somebody or something, and have to deal with that a million what, times. As what well. else happens in that episode? I feel like it, it's, that it's episode, an episode of two halves, and that starts to happen a bit as well. I've noticed because um, the first half of that is the bit where Josh has his cart. So the opening scene is Joss having to wake up for the first time. Yeah. And I like that scene a lot actually. I like it too, but it's a very long scene. Mm. It is a very long scene. It takes up a really long portion, big portion of the episode. Um and that is 
just it's missing its pace. It's missing its yeah. Claire has disappeared at this point too. And I think that, I think you feel that absence that she's gone. Um, Absolutely. It's yeah, we're starting to run out of characters a little bit here, and <laughs> killed one, not enough of them. Yeah, one, one of them's left. Another one's been two of them been broken up with at this stage. It's just like. Yeah, Jenny's no longer in the, in the picture. No in it, yeah, Neve's not in the picture. Exactly, and so we Patrick's just left- disappeared. Yeah, yeah. seriously, like, you really don't have. You've got Tom. The, that cart scene is nearly every character in the show that's still relevant in that scene. That is every character in the show. I think the only relevant. one that's missing is maybe Stuart. But even then, is he really relevant to the story? Barely. At that point? Barely. It, it definitely goes away from the Stuart storyline around that time. Yeah, and a couple of episodes before it. It's. Like, this is a little bit nitpicking because it's still a good episode, don't get me wrong. I just think if if I'm looking at this as a season, you can feel it slow down. And while I still enjoy a lot of the things it's talking about, I enjoy the way they're tackling those things. Yeah, I can feel it. Feel it. And that's, I think it's important to talk about. How many episodes in the third season? Three as well. And then we go back to six in season four. Say three episodes? Sorry. Ten. And then we go back to six in season four. Interesting. Mm, it is interesting. Interesting. I'm really keen to talk about season three. Me too. I think there's some really interesting things to talk. I mean, every season is interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, at the same time, I do want to praise the show for being more confident overall this season. You can feel it straight away. The show is so confident with itself, particularly at the start of the season, which I love the most. Um, it's like it learned a bunch of lessons in season one. And took those lessons and started a really, really sharp show at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just later on, maybe 10 episodes is maybe even just too, too many. Yeah. Eight. I think eight would have been a good number. Eight might have been good. But I understand also the reason to want to, why not have 10? Yeah, exactly. You know, it might have just been too much of the material. All right. Anything else? Any other notes you want to talk about specifically before we start wrapping this up? Not that I can think of. Cool. Favorite and least favorite episode. Starting with your favorite episode, please, Liam. Seven. Scroggin. Scroggin. The hike episode. It is one of the best episodes of, I was going to say Australian television, but- I think that's fair. I think it's fair. It's one of the best episodes of Australian television. It is pretty excellent. I am a sucker for a bottle episode, and this uh, is essentially a bottle episode. If if Tasmania is the bottle. <laughs> Some would suggest it is a small <laughs> yeah. enough place, but uh, just the only two characters in this episode are Josh and Rose- um, even the song is different this episode. It's not the normal version of the theme Rose song. It's singing Rose it, singing it. Which is brilliant. And it's just those two talking and we get to see a lot about their relationship, the way they relate to each other. But very specifically, we get to see them. Rose is tackling um, Ginger committing suicide and then Josh and Rose have very open and honest discussions about Rose's mental illness, her attempted suicide and how that affects both of them. And it is so good. And a lot of it is cute moments. A lot of it is very real and confronting moments. A lot of it's just great writing and conversations. A lot of it's great performances. There's just a lot to love about that episode. A lot to love. What is your least favorite episode? My least favorite episode is episode four, Gang Kyo Wan. So this episode actually starts great. It starts with Thomas slept with Neve. Neve finds out about Jenny. Yeah. And I love that and scene. And Neve in this episode in particular is great. Is excellent. Yes. I really want to hi- say, highlight that that's great. Then the show spirals because... Oh, it's is the rabbit? No. Yeah, there's, yeah. Two, there's two parts to it. There is... What you have left is Josh 
um, in the car with Patrick <laughs> on the way to yeah. the mental home, the psychiatric hospital, <laughs> to go to a show they never get to, to see a performance that isn't that interesting. Hannah is in it, but I don't know any other characters that are in it. It has no drama attached to it. It's a sweet moment in a way. Again, it shows some of the mundanity of the um, psychiatric home, but I don't think it quite gets anywhere interesting there apart from reflecting a little bit on Rose and Stuart. Mm -hmm. And the fallout from the Neve thing is that um, Tom needs to make things up with Jenny and he buys her a rabbit and just dodges a bullet, basically. Yeah. I don't find the rabbit stuff that I think... I don't know. It just... Uh, again, Besides the Neve stuff's stuff, so great, yeah. and the second half just sort of drags for me a little bit. Never really, it sort of just sort of has a bunch of stuff happening that never really gets to a point or a meaning for me. Really, uh-huh. it sets up more interesting stuff after it, but it doesn't really do anything particular with it. Yep, that's my thoughts. What about you? Our least favorite episode, I think, would be episode ten, the last episode. Yeah. Ooh, explain that to me. Episode ten is called Margarita. Honestly, it to me it it just feels like it's set up. It's like it's the, up it's, for next season. Yeah, it's the Iron Man two of Please Like Me. Hmm, it's just like it's getting people into a certain point, right? You're getting Rose and and Hannah living together. Sure, you're getting the relationship with the uh, Alan and and May where they are. Yep, in their relationship, you're getting to the point, the end point with Arnold and and Josh. The end point? The end point, or them, them together. Yep. Right? Oh, getting to a point, getting where, they're to a point yep. where they're together. Sure. And then also getting um, Tom to that point where he is alone. Sure. Dealing with the fact that he, nothing seems to work out. Like, I don't, I, 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 this is me saying that I like this show a lot, right? And like all episodes are good, but I just feel like that, that episode was just, that could have been done. We didn't, I don't think you needed a whole episode. Dedicated to that. How do, you, how, how do you feel about episode 10s of Game of Thrones where they all just do set up for the next season? Yeah. Like, I mean, episode 9 is always the best episode. Totally, yeah. Right? And episode 10 is that, it's again, the that setup. Which would be until the last season you're going to get of any show, the last episode is going to be the climax, right? Oh, sometimes it's an epilogue. Yeah, might true. Even be- I mean, Community, last episode of Community wasn't all that great to me. I quite like it for what it is. I think, I think the show at that point, as much as I love Community, had laboured to get to that stage. Mm-hmm. And so that episode doesn't have the same punch as it did in episode, in season, in season three, for instance. Yep. Um, but it doesn't. But I think it's a good, I think it's a pretty interesting episode, that one. I quite like episode, the last when episode. I, when I think about last episodes and my favourite shows. It didn't really have the emotional effect. Do you remember Community really didn't think that was its last episode, though? It thought they had a movie coming yet to be the last episode. So did they really think that? Our- yes, they did. I really? think that is a that is a plan, and it's still going to happen one day. Okay, interesting. So, but we're not here to talk about Community. Sure. Um, though I would love to. But yeah, it's just like it was the least interesting episode to me. I think I am going to respectfully disagree with you that episode ten is. Is finally we disagree the worst episode because I think you're talking about setup. No, I talking about my least favorite episode. I didn't say the worst episode. Sorry, your least least favorite episode. episode. For the reasons that you're pointing out, I think that what you are seeing as setup for next season, I see as the end of an arc for a lot of these characters. So you've got 
Rose starts off in a position where she needs to go to a mental, mental home or a psychiatric hospital and she has able to leave. So she mm-hmm. has had an arc. Okay. She has gone through pain and turmoil and she's found a new normal, which, yes, is a jumping off point for next season, does, sure. Does but that not happen is, in the episode before, though? It is a new norm. No, it's the last episode she decides to move out with Hannah and they do. Okay, but does she? Is she, she gets to a point where she's... She's not sure in the last episode okay. whether she should be leaving the hospital or not. She's got anxieties about it still. Yeah, true. So she gets to, she has gone from a place of normality. Her world has changed, you know, normalities, and she was living outside of a uh, psychiatric hospital, has gone through a period of change and has come back to another place, resting point, but as a changed person, right? If you could see the hand movements that brought us to right now. I'm talking <laughs> about the Dan Harmon story circle right yeah, now. No, okay. <laughs> That's why we talked about community. That's why we talked about community. Um, similarly with Tom, he starts off in a place where he has been broken up from Claire, but he's gone back to seeing Neve. So he, he is the power. And he has the he power. And he goes zero. through turmoil and realizes that he's not getting Claire comes back into his life and leaves again. And then he has nothing. So uh-huh. he has got okay. to a point where he has arced. He has be- been the jerk and he has paid for his sins. All right. Then we have... Um, Alan and May, the least interesting storyline here by far. If anything's set up for next season, it's that one. Because I don't think there was a point at the start of the season where it felt like Alan was really in a position where he was was or wasn't. I didn't feel anything about his status with May at that stage. They had okay. a baby. They were a family. Him marrying May is just another step on that. And it's more of just a little bit like, oh, you didn't expect her to say no. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for them? Basically, I can agree with you on that point. Eh, it's a nothing point for me. Josh's storyline starts out, he's in love with Patrick, and we get closure on Patrick. This is, I'm pretty sure the last time we'll see Patrick in the show is this episode. True. And I think that's really important. And seeing him move away from Patrick, finally getting past Patrick so he can move to a place where he can be with Arnold, is the end of his arc this season. So as much as I have problems with the way the show slows down, I think episode 10 has enough payoff for me, that is an effective. It can't be the least or the worst or the le- my least favorite episode this season, if that makes sense. Okay, you're entitled to that opinion. I just respectfully disagree with you. I've, I'm used to this. <laughs> I'm used to hearing that from you. You're entitled to your opinion. You're just wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Okay, interesting. I mean, I just I feel like maybe that stuff could have happened across other episodes. Sure. Again, I think maybe you're feeling once. this this season should have been two episodes shorter. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think that's definitely what we're feeling. I and again, the Patrick stuff is good payoff for Josh and Arnold. I care so Patrick. little about Patrick yeah. that I that him just being there is an annoyance, which it is to them too. But it's just like, oh, wait, Patrick, we don't need you here anymore. And it's great that we get past that. Um, but yeah, it makes it less interesting when you don't care about Patrick when exactly. you have very little emotion for him. Cool. I think I think though, I think that the actor who played Patrick oh, he's worked fine. well with what he had. Yeah, he just he's not an interesting character. Yeah, the problem. Exactly. I don't think it's his performance. Um, he's no in no way a bad. It's not a bad actor. performance. No. It's not like he's a bad actor. No, it's just the, the character characters. of Patrick. He's just not layered or interesting enough. He's not like we talk about these. You think about these side characters. These these characters that change and shape at the rest of our story. Jeffrey is much more interesting. Neve is much more interesting. Jenny is much more interesting. Arnold is much, Arnold more. Is much more interesting. Hannah is much Ginger more is much more interesting. Ginger. Hannah is much more interesting. He is just boring. You yeah. know who's even more interesting than 
He's Stuart. in one episode. Stuart, yes. He's in one episode this season. Arnold's brother. Steve. I, Steve. I can't stand him. I know people just like him. His bro bullshit. Let's do shots. Shots, Joshy. Shots. Poor form, Joshy. Boy. Poor form. All this sort of bullshit. I, he is so good in that role. I hate him and I love him at the same time. Because he's a real person. Because he's exactly like people I know. <laughs> and I wonder if people who maybe aren't Australian look at that and feel like he's a caricature. He is so real to me. I know that person. Everyone knows that person, I feel like. And I, I think at, we've been that person. At times, I have been that person, totally. I've been sucked into those moments. And Patrick gets sucked into those moments too. And that annoys me. Patrick tries to drag Josh in the pool. I want to punch him. I just don't like him. Patrick hurt Josh's heart and you feel bad for him. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) Final score and ranking this time around. So, out of five, how do you score it? And where do you rank this compared to season one? I'm going to rank this four out of five, which is the same ranking I gave season one, which I didn't expect before I watched this season through again. Because I think it has some phenomenally good episodes. I think it goes to some really interesting places, including an episode where we do get Jeff back for an episode, which is interesting too. We've got to mention that, but Jeff, like just reappearing for an episode is pretty interesting. Um, I agree. Four. Four, you think? And I think after this discussion, yeah, I have more feelings about this season than I thought I did. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I think ranking wise, it's probably not above season one. Right. I'm f- feeling the same way because I feel like a six-episode season that is more succinct and complete and less padded out. It's so interesting because before we, we watched better, this season, yeah. we both said that season two was our favorite, was the best season. In, yeah. I remember I was having that conversation saying... I can't wait to talk about season two because it's such a good season. Well, I think it does It does a lot to grow in a lot of ways. It, it does a lot of things really right. It's Again, you've got to take the whole... As much of those things happen, it has some whole new mistakes that the first season didn't have. Mm. The first season can feel a bit clunkier at times or a bit more amateurish because... It was the first season. First season, they, they're figuring it out. Josh and Tom in particular are not the strongest of actors. And so you can feel that sometimes. But there's something... But there's, it's more succinct, it's more clear, it's more complete, I think, the first season. Season two. And there's nothing wrong with being that show that sort of just just ex- has an episode where it explores some things. Even though I think season two has one of the best, possibly the best episode of the entire show in it. Agreed. There's just enough sort of like, you know, there's whole new mistakes that it makes that season one didn't make. And I think you're right, it's a result of it being an extended season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to rank season one above season two as well, which really surprises me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. I'm excited to see what's, how, how we thought, what we think of season three. Okay, can I be honest with you right now? I'm going to say up, up front, I think season three is my least favorite season. I think it has two of my least favorite episodes in it. Um, the, I think the back two episodes of season three are my least favorite of the entire show. The last two episodes? Of season three, from memory, I've only watched it once through, are my least favorite episodes. But maybe my feelings will be different this time around. Sorry, let me just. Do you want me to tell you what they just, are? Just, just, just like say like one thing that would maybe. Melbourne Star. It's so interesting because you love a bottle episode. Yep, and I think that one sucks at doing its thing. And funnily enough, I think that has a lot to do with how it was made. But yes, yes, agreed. That might be part of it. And season the last episode is also a bottle episode, but I think they stuff it up too. The 
Christmas dinner. Oh, yeah. I completely agree with you. But I think they We need to watch it. this again. We yeah. need to watch this again. Because we can't really I talk about it. I think they fuck that one. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not talking about this. It's just there was an moment. opportunity. There was definitely an opportunity. For a great episode. For a great episode. Do you know what that great season- Australian Do you Christmas. know what that episode reminds me of, though? It reminds me of the scene around the coffee cart, but extended. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At extended until it's Everybody. too long. Yeah. It's too long. Yeah. But it can't sustain itself. Mm. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to talking about season three now. I'm actually more critical of this show than I thought I was. Because I really do want to, even though I'm... Like, four stars Because you're not- critical... You're more critical of the things you love than than things you don't really care about. That's true, like, yeah. You're going you're gonna to say, oh, I didn't really enjoy the show, but, you know, I don't sit there and go be really critical about every single thing that Transformers does because I don't like it. Because we can just say it's utter like, rubbish. It's, it's rubbish. But when you see, like, oh, I really love... I really love Back to the Future. Yeah, there are some moments. What What is bad about Back to the Future? Give um, me one criticism. Paradox, time paradox is Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Back to the Future 1 is 2 is my favourite film, right? Oh, well. It's my favourite film. because you're a loon. That's enough for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can also contact us on Twitter at Huntingscast or Hunting S Cast. You can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at bgordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Liam. You can find me on Twitter at Liam Gordes, L-I-A-M-G-O-R-D-E-S, or probably somewhere better would be Instagram, where I'm actually at El Gordes. Now, oh, you are I say that now, but if I'm not, can you just take it's what like, I it's said? It's probably like bit? Gordo 131 or something it's like that. It's not that. Okay. It's not that. I'm pretty sure it's El Gordas. Okay, cool. If not, try Liam Gordas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is a, a, an Instagram account worth following as well. Uh, oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, that's all right. You've My never pleasure. complimented me like that before. Big thank you as always to Sean Kirkpatrick who designed our wonderful logo and graphics. You can find him uh, at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net or also on Instagram at Draws. Also, thank you to Jordan Calavis for writing and performing our theme song. Find him on soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. That's classic J-R-E-X. Please, 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 please leave us reviews on iTunes. It is the best way for us to get to a bigger audience and uh, we really need your help for that so don't just think about doing it please do it because uh, it really makes a big difference next week we'll be back talking about Please Like Me Season 3 which I am looking forward to in a big way now actually yeah maybe Season 2 surprised me what we talked about it wasn't what I thought it was going to be it wasn't as much gushing as I thought and I already know I have criticisms of Season 3 and things to praise definitely lots of things to praise but also some distinct criticisms of Season 3 that I want to talk about as well no I absolutely agree Uh, And until then, though, thank you very much for listening to Hunting Seasons. Liam and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Let me try. Let me try another goodbye. Uh, See ya. Any others? Bon voyage. Toodaloo. Arrivederci. So long. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.